You're listening to a DM podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to you the podcast with the best banter, greatest gut feels, and most ridiculous narratives on planet Earth. Get ready to dominate the NRL fantasy season with the team from Top King League. All right, guys, let's welcome in New Zealand Warriors assistant coach Justin Morgan. Justin, welcome back to the podcast, my man. Mate, thanks for having me back. Seems uh, seems a lot's happened since we spoke last time, but uh, yeah, nice to be back on, mate. Yeah, mate, I can't wait for tomorrow. You've got a trial down in Melbourne where you're at at the moment. You know, Storm, great team they've put out. You guys have put out a, a red-hot team. You're only really missing three or four players. Talk to me a little bit about the, the trial team and kind of what you guys want to get out of this first one. Yeah, first one is, you know, and I think it'd be very similar for a lot of teams, just get the cobwebs out. Um, most players uh, have had enough of the 14 weeks of training that they've been doing for, for the last few months, and they just want to go out and play, and there's only so much you can simulate that training. So, um, you know, week one is always about getting as many people, you know, some time out, out on the field as possible. There's some players that'll be restricted because they might be coming back from a from an injury or they mightn't have their loads up high enough to, to play big minutes. Um and then also for us, the coaches, to have a look at a couple of players that, that'll be certainly knocking on the door for selection for round one. Um, and then sort of when we roll into round two next week, you know, we'll certainly narrow the squad down, you know, maybe 20, 21, something like that, um, and try and give some decent minutes to certainly all our outside backs and, and, and get our halves getting some combinations together. Uh, we want to keep the spine together for, for a big period of time. Um, and equally, you know, try and give our, our middles simulate, you know, what they need to do in a game, whether that's one big chunk of time for some middles. Yep. Other middles will need, you know, smaller stints, et cetera. So that's sort of the, the blueprint that we sort of generally work work on. Um, and, you know, I know tomorrow we'll be, we certainly be giving some of the younger players that either on train and trial or younger members of our squad that may not have made their NRL debut just yet. Um, some time um, against a high-quality opposition in the storm. Mate, one of the guys that really caught my eye at the end of last year was Rocco Berry. Now, he's only 20. He's got mm. pedigree with his dad being a former All Black. Now, he's got a union background, so he's very relatively new to the league. Am I getting that right? Yeah, you're right, mate. He's, uh, his old man was an All Black, and you got a pretty good eye there. Um, yeah, he's a, he's a good player. I mean, I think uh, he's only maybe played, uh, say, maybe half a dozen games of rugby league. Yeah. Full stop, you know, and I think maybe three or four of them were the, in the NRL. So that, that's a, yeah, that's a fair effort for a kid that's still, you know, uh, just come out of his teams, you know. So, um, yeah, he's, he's a talent. Um, but like most players that come into the top grade, it's that consistency that they need to strive for. But, you know, we, we've got a high opinion of Rocco. Um, he's had a really good preseason um, and he's completed a, a big chunk of the training, you know, and there's a real great correlation often with guys that complete a huge chunk of the preseason that that have some durability throughout the year, so we're hopeful that you know that Rocco started on the right foot. You know he's had a you know ninety or ninety five percent of training completion um, in the preseason, and you know we're hopeful that he's going to have a great a great season. We've we've practiced him on both sides of the field, you know, so you know he's not hell bent on playing one side or the other. So that's always great 
these days, you know, because I, I don't know if you, you sort of notice, but you see players that when they come through the grades, they're often stuck on one side of the yeah. field. You know, they, they say they're a left-sided player or they're a right-sided player. Rocco's got the ability to be able to play both sides. So, um, you know, and, and he's also shown some, some decent signs that, you know, I think Senna is his position, but, yeah, he might, he may, he may evolve into, you know, a fullback type of player over time, you know. Um, you know, look, I'm, I'm not, I'm not making comparisons to, to Joey Manu because he's, you know, <laughs> he's an elite, yeah, yeah. elite player, but, <laughs> but, you know, that style of player, you know, yeah. that style of player that, that can play, that, that, that can play in the centres, but, you know, maybe over time if he develops and evolves at the right rate, um, you know, he might be able to play in the halves, might be able to play fullback in the future. So, yeah, pretty excited about Rocco. Um, you know, he's trained hard, um, you know, and, and like I said, he's had, a, he's had a decent, you know, chunk of preseason under his belt. Yeah, looking forward to it, mate. The other name that really shone out was Ash Taylor. He's back in the number seven shirt. Came on a trial, training trial. Now he's in your, your full-time squad. But, mate, just remembering him from three or four years ago, I think he played his best football when he had that seven on his back. What's your thoughts in regards to that? Yeah, and I think also the other thing that's been taken off his back is, is the huge target, and, you know, the you know the million dollar kid, and all those other headlines that followed him when he signed a huge deal as a young person, as a young man. And we all don't know how you react to that kind of publicity. You know, some people, you know, it's okay. Other people, you know, um, struggle with that. And, and to be fair, you know, majority of the time the team that he played in. Um, you know, was similar to our one. You know, we were at the bottom of the table and yep. they were at the bottom of the table. It's always hard for half to, to, to shine in that situation. So, you know, I think having the number seven on his back and also without having the, you know, I suppose the, the extra pressure of, of being the big signing and so forth, um, Ash has come with a, you know, with a great attitude. You know, he's got himself in really good shape. You know, he had a couple of, you know, niggles that he's been dealing with over the past 18 months that maybe a lot of people didn't know that he had to deal with. Um, some pretty, you know, pretty serious injury-wise. Um, yeah, and we feel that he's on the upward curve of that, which is great. Um, and he's just, he's just a footballer. Yeah, you know what I mean? Absolutely. He's just one of those guys. You yeah, know, mate, I mean, he would have fitted in when you played, mate. Like that's the type of footy. Yeah, played. exactly. Yeah. You know, you, you know, you know, reminds me of it reminds me of John Simon. Remember oh Johnny yeah, Simon, from Illawarra. You know, yes. Yeah. You know, he, He's just one of those guys who's got good touch. He's got good hands. You know, he's he's just a natural footballer. Mate, um, remember his torpedo yeah. bombs, Justin? Oh, holy! Mate, wow, <laughs> mate, I'm glad you brought him up. He was one of my favourites, man. Down at down at Steelers <laughs> Stadium. Yeah, he was good. I mean, he, he ended up. I didn't. I, I did realise this. You know, um, he was one of the captains of the Warriors because at, at the Warriors and I haven't been at Mount Smart for a long, long time but they've got a list of all the captains that have ever captained the club and Johnny Simon Johnny Simon came over to the Warriors that must have been must have been obviously in the 2000s um, because I think he, after the Warriors came to Parramatta I played with him at Parramatta and then, then he then he must have gone to the Warriors and played there for a little while so yeah John, Johnny was a was a super player um, and you know, look, don't get me wrong. Like today's players are superhuman athletes. They're great players. But I sometimes like those throwback players, those players that oh, just yeah. are those field type of players, you know, that are just... And, and Ash reminds me a little bit of that. He's got great touch with his feet. He's got great touch with his hands. Um, and, yeah, he's a great kid. You know, he's a real, real like... Well, I never knew Ash Taylor before he, before he came to our club and... 
He's ruled down to earth. Um, he's really slotted quite well into our into our way of doing things, and the boys have really taken to him. And um, you know, he could be a real surprise packet for, for us, which a lot of people aren't talking about. You know, people are often you know they gravitate towards you know you know players that have come on big transfers and all yeah, those yeah. kind of things. So. I think he'll do a great job for us. Yeah, I do. Love to hear that, mate. A couple of young boys I just want to run past you while we're in this team list. First one, the hooker that's starting tomorrow, Taniela Colo. The worst thing about COVID is we don't get to see a lot of these guys play, so we don't know much about them. Can you tell us a little bit about Taniela? Yeah, uh, young young kid from uh, Tongan heritage and Tongan background. Um, tough as nails. Um, real tough kid. Um, still learning, learning his craft. Um, in the number nine role, um, but he's got a fairly good mentor in Nathan Brown there, um, oh, yeah. and back up that. And back up that, we've got Slade Griffin on the coaching staff as well. So a couple of decent number nines. You know, one one played through that great era with St George, um, and the other ones an in international. You know, so um, he's got a, a, a couple of great tutors there. Um, like I said, still learning his craft. You know, he's only he's only a little nuggety kind of guy, but really really strong. Um, you know, he's sort of, you know, come through the, the SG ball sort of era. But again, when we had an SG ball side, um, you know, they, we had one season of it before COVID hit and we weren't able to put a cup team in. And, you know, and obviously the last couple of years have been a little bit difficult with um, with COVID, with, with a lot of those cup level players not being able to get a huge number of minutes. But, you know, I'm also a great believer in that if... You know, if they're not playing, he's been in our full-time squad for a few years now. He's been able to get a lot of reps in at training when we're doing the 13 v 13 stuff and when we're doing the edges v edges. He's getting to practice at NRL intensity. While he might not have the you know the physical pressure of that, he will handle the physical nature of the game. He played a couple of games last year. Um, I think the game that really stands out, he played a game, um, I think it was against Newcastle, um, and he certainly didn't look out of place. You know, he didn't look out of place and... Um, you know, like I said, he's still got a little bit of work to do on his craft, you know, in the number nine role. Um, but, you know, we feel that, you know, um, you know, he's going in the right direction. Again, he's another player maybe over time, maybe over time that could fill that, you know, that Cameron McInnes, you know, gotcha. hooker yeah. 13 type of role. You know, he's that, he's that kind of build. He's that kind of player. He's, you know, like Cameron McInnes, he's really strong. He's negative. He's super competitive, all those types of things. So hopefully he can morph into that, that type of player over time. Love it. Yeah. yeah. Mate, we've got a lot, I've got a lot of Kiwi mates, and they always, when I told them I was going to catch up with you, they wanted me to ask you about Pride Patterson Rapati. Now, I don't know too much about him, but he comes with huge raps from them. Yeah, he uh, he started his career at Melbourne in the under-20. Okay. Um, he played with, um, I think he might have been down there with Matt Lodge, you know, back uh, back when I was at the Storm. He was in the under-20s there. Okay. Uh, left there, and I think, I think he um, bounced to Newcastle Knights, played quite a bit of cup footy up there. Um, then I think um, went to Brisbane. I'm not sure if it was with the Broncos or if he just played, it might have been with Brisbane North or one of the feeder so teams is, there. Is um, he mid-20s, Joss? Yeah, I think he's mid-20s. He's mid-20s, okay. you know. If, he, if, if he's not, if he's on, I don't think he's on the other side of 25. I think, you know, if he is, he's only just, you okay. know what I mean? So, yeah. um, you know, he's mid-20s. Um, you know, he's a, he's a nuggety kind of guy, got really good footwork, um, very, very strong. Um, really started to develop some ball skills about his game. You know, he's he's he's, he's a tough he's a tough human being. Um, he came to us last year a little bit on train and trial. When I was with the group down in Kiama, 
um, when we had the split preseason. He came down there on a training trial and was okay. very impressive. Um, and we would have loved to have seen him play a lot more football last year, but we just haven't been able to do that because of, of the cup situation. The cup situation not being able to play as much as they would have liked. Um, but um, yeah, if, if he can get some games under his belt, I think also he's one of these players that the more he plays, um, the better he'll get. So um, yeah, he can play sort of like lock. Uh, front row, uh, can play on the edge in the back row as well. You know, he's got good enough feet to play there. So I think over time, his best position is likely to be lock or, you know, maybe even a small middle in the front row because um, he's, you know, he's, he's reasonably mobile. Um, and like I said, he's got decent hands. So Pride just needs a, a consecutive run of games together to, you know, to, to build some confidence and, and go from there. But again, another one that, you know, unlimited and untapped potential at this point. Just another guy that caught my eye before he got injured in his last game, Viliami Vaela. Now, he's only a young yeah. centre, but he, he looks bloody strong. And you got a few, we spoke about Rocco for about five minutes. What can you tell us a little bit about Vaela? Yeah, mate, Vili's, um he's a real instinct player. Again, uh, young young boy with Tongan background. Um, you know, he's, he's worked really, really hard. He's, you know, his, his family's a rugby slash rugby league type of family, you know, so... Um, you know, extremely quick. Um, I'd certainly say being the, if he's not the quickest at our club, he'd be very close to the, the, the top there. Um, wow. Again, learning his trade um, in the centres, um, very instinctive. Um, and, you know, at the moment, because he hasn't played, you know, a huge amount of rugby league um, as well, you know, he, he's picking things up really, really quickly. Um, he's really developed his body this preseason. You know, he's worked really hard at the gym and you can see that, you know, he's starting to get some size about him. Um, and, you know, you know, if I had a if I had a good crystal ball, I'd love to see Rocco and Villy in the centres for the Warriors for many years to come. Oh, you know, it. who knows who knows where they're gonna get to. Yeah. Um, and again, you know, I know you know, you're not, you're, we're not pinning all our hopes on those guys because, yeah. you know, it's tough for young kids to play, you know, 20 games in NRL season back-to-back. But, um, you know, if they can maybe split their time in the NRL and, and, and maybe one of them cement their spot in the team, that, that'd be great. Um, but, yeah, he's um, he's one of these guys that really finds space, you know, hits holes really well. You know, again, you know, we talked a little bit before about instinctive Instinctive, um, you know, halves and ball players and that kind of thing. He's at the other. He's the other end. He's on. He's on the receiving end of those instinctive things. You know, sometimes when you see a kick put in and you look up, you go, "Oh, Billy got there. How did he get there?" He just he can just read the play, and we're seeing that develop more and more at training. So, hopefully, we can see it um, developing games as well. And uh, I've been really impressed with um, with the two young kids and, and their their diligent approach to you know to, to their craft over over the preseason. So really excited to see them guys get out there. Nice. Now the other guy he's not on your team sheet for this week. Maybe he can he might be injured or something like that. Junior Ratova. I know he's from rugby, he's a big Fijian lad. Is he just have a niggly how's he going? No, no, he's he's gonna travel with us. Oh, um there's okay. a real good chance that yeah he will travel with us. Um again um you know typical Fijian, super athletic. You know, super athletic. You know, um, you know, grabs the ball with one hand. Um, you know, very casual with his approach. But when it's time for him to play, he can play. He just seems to find the ball. You know, you know, there's a lot of those Fijian guys. They just find the ball. You know, they know how to find the ball. You can't coach that. 
us coaches, we like to take the credit for you. Yeah, we taught him how to do that. We taught him how to do that. But it's just, it's just natural. It's just one of those guys. It's a little bit like Billy. If Billy kicks on, it'll be me and Brownie fighting over saying, well, mate, yeah, we, I taught him how to run like that. I taught him to run like that. But we both know. We both know. We didn't teach him anything. You can do it naturally, you know. So, so Big Junior is very similar. Um, yeah, he, he does have some he does have some work to do on his game, on positional play and, and his work on last plays and those types of things. But, um, you know, the last two weeks of training have been his best two weeks. Um, you know, he, he's, he's defended really well at training the last couple of weeks. I know that's not, you know, that's not the pressure of game situation. But, um, you know, again, if Junior, with a, like a lot of Fijian guys, they take a little bit of time, they find their feet. They often can be, you know, they often can be late bloomers a little bit, you know, um, so we just need to persevere with uh, with Junior. He's had a couple of niggle injuries um, over the past couple of seasons, but um, it w- because he's been able to st- string some training together, um, it's been great. And like I said, the last fortnight um, going into this first trial, he's, he's put himself in a really good position. Yeah, love to hear that. Now, mate, I'll just bring you to a few of the big guns now. The guy that I love, mate, Adam Fanua Blake, and the one that pretty I've always enjoyed him as a footballer, but. He just seen, there was that game you guys played against Penrith last year where you literally got HIAs and injuries through the roof and you I think you were down to 13 players at one stage. And he, he played, li- players, he yeah. literally played the entire game. And we're talking about a 120-kilo man, but he, it was like he literally put you guys on his back and he just become a leader that game. Can we talk about his like emergence as a leader and kind of how he's, his next kind of step? Because I think he will be the next sort of elite guy in that, that mid. You're 100% right. I mean, I think if anyone that knows Ads, you know, he's a, he's a bit of a joker. You know, he's quick-witted. You know what I mean? I know as, as coaches, you don't take him on, you know, in the in the, in the the comedy stakes because he'll just burn you every single time. You know, he's really quick-witted. He's a funny guy. He's a player's player. You know what I mean? He puts his teammates first. And, and what I mean by that, you know, he feels that something's not right for the team or for his teammates. You know, he's quite happy to put his hand up and say, look, I don't think this is right. You know, so... That's a, that's a great um, attribute to have. Um, but you're right, um, he's really taken on the leadership role where he's been able to pick and choose over the past 14 weeks the time to joke around and, and, and muck around, but also the time to, to get the boys in the huddle and say, boys, you know, we've done this right, this wrong, this right, let's make sure we concentrate on this. And pre-season for 120 kilo men is... Almost like solitary confinement for somebody that 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 goes to jail. It's <laughs> yeah, the worst. Yeah. It's the worst thing you can think of, if you know what I mean. Yeah, you know, for sure. There's lots of running and and you know up and down off the ground, and you know they just want to play. Um, but he is really bought into you know to, to to training hard, getting super fit. You know, he's, he's much leaner this year than what he was last year, without losing his power and out. out without losing, you know, what he's very, very good at, and that's skittling defenders out of the way. Um, but the part that I've been really impressed with is that when the team has needed somebody to grab them at training, he's done it. Because Torhu's our captain, but Torhu's coming back from an e-reco, so um, he's in he's in the rehab group, you know, so he's not he's not in the huddle when we're, when we're training. He's not in the huddle when we're, when, when we're when in the middle of a drill or middle of a conditioning session and Things aren't going right. Um, he he's not there. So Adam has taken that role along with some of the other senior players. But his voice, um, I would say, has been one of the strongest. Matt Lodge's voice has been one of the strongest, and and Wade Egan. You know, those three definitely um, in the preseason 
have taken on that leadership role um, within the group to say we need to drive um, this area and we need to drive this part of our our footy. Um, and like I said, you know, you know, running you know 1.2k trials and you know up and down Malcolm's and 20, 40, 60, <laughs> 80 shuttles and things like that. He hates those, hates them with a passion, but yeah. <clears throat> not once is he, you know, not once is he, he shirked away from that. And I think that's why the players respect him so much. So, um, you know, again, like everyone, you know, we're hopeful of a, of, a, of a really good season, but, you know, I'm confident based on what I've seen for 14 weeks that, with a little bit of luck, he's, he's going to have a great influence on, on how we go this year. Love that. Now, you mentioned Torhu Harris coming back from his ACL. How's he How's he progressing? Really good. Um, spoke to, to Torhu the other day at length about it. Um, he's very comfortable where he's at. Um, but with knee recos, <coughs> excuse me, um, you know, that, that last 10% is always the hard bit. Um, he's worked really hard. He's... he's um, his body composition has been really good. You know, he's 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 worked hard in the gym. You know, he's, he's put on some muscle mass, which is great. You know, and I'm sure he won't mind me saying that, but um, I'm saying this: that <laughs> the gym's the gym's not his favourite place in the world. You know what I mean? Um, you know, but he, he's again, you know, he's just put his head down. He's worked hard. He's he's, he's turned his body, um, you know, into the right into the right shape, you know, um, and that's hard for someone that's in prehab, you know, or in rehab, I should say, not prehab, he's in rehab, you know, he's good, he's running loads are very much measured, so he can't, you know, do, do as much running as everybody else, so um, he must be really looking after himself off the off the field, you know, with his diet and, and all those types of things, so yeah. um, he's still on track for, for returning, um, I think it was, I'm not sure when it was, definitely after round, I think it's between round five and round ten somewhere, I'm not sure off the top okay. of my head, but... Yeah. I spoke to him. He said, "Mate, I'm on track to return. You know, on the on the date that that, that was given. So that's that's good as well for us." Yeah, talk about a player reinventing himself because he won all those comps down at the Storm on the edge. But mate, when you guys switched him into the middle, like some of those games you had down at Gosford where he was playing 80 minutes, and I know that you guys needed him to play in the middle for 80 minutes. Probably with the depth that you've got now, you probably don't need him to play 80 minutes anymore. But is he a middle moving forward? You think, just? Yeah, I think I think he definitely will be in middle. He, he likes playing in the middle, um, which you know I don't know. If somebody gave me the option to play in the middle of the edge, I'm going to the edge every single day of the week. You know what I mean? Sitting, sitting out there with the halfbacks, running at the small blokes, you know, like you know, making making yourself feel real tough, running at the number six and number seven all day. You know, standing on the edge, not having to make tackles and stuff like that. But for Tori, he, he likes it in the middle, um, and I think he will be a middle moving forward. So. Yeah, he's got a big enough physique, you know, that he, we could play him at you know, eight or ten if we wanted to. But thirteen's much probably his role. Yeah. Why he's so valuable to us there is that um, his efficiency defensively. You know, he's so efficient defensively in the middle. He just tidies up a lot of, you know, a lot of loose tackles, a lot of offloads. You know, um, you know, his win percentage tackle wise is, is, is as good as anyone in the competition. Um, and then throw in his ability to. To pass the football, you know, pre-line pass the football. Um, so he, he he does, you know, hit a lot of you know markers for us in the middle of the field. Whereas on the edge, you know, you tend to be you know edge runners. You know, they tend to be ball ball runners. You know, they're trying to skittle opposition. You do have you know guys like you know Wade Graham that are great ball players. Well, they play on the edge, but yeah, yeah. you know, you, you think about the traditional one, the Tarek Sims type of back rower. They just try and run over the top of you type thing. So. Um, I think Tori's value to us will be his, his defensive capabilities in the middle and the fact that he can 
move the football in the middle of the field. And you know, if he's got Adam and Lodgie and you know, Josh Curran and yeah. you know and uh, Bunty Afoa running off him, you know, um, there's a good chance that we're going to get some good ruck speed either be him showing the footy or tipping onto those guys to get a one on one. So yeah, um, yeah that, that's why I think you'll, you'll eventually gravitate towards. Mate, plenty to be excited about. I'm going to say excited about 30 times in this podcast, but your edge. <laughs> mate, like yeah. some of these moves that you guys make, kind of like just proactive moves to innovate towards the, the way the speed of the game's going, kind of the rule changes. The one that really stands out is you and Aiken's move to the, the left edge. Like I thought he was always yeah. a good centre, but I thought those six games yeah. that he played at edge, wow, I just think he's better suited. What's your thoughts on like where he lies moving forward? Yeah, I'm going to take the credit for it. I'm going to say it was wholly, <laughs> nice. solely like my it. idea, but it wasn't. It wasn't. It was the head coaches. So, uh, if you know Brownie, Brownie's a real thinker of the game. You know, he's a he's a he's a yeah, he's a footy nerd. You know, he, he will say, "Mate, do you remember that game, um, that reserve grade game from 1987?" I said, "Mate, 1987." I said, "I can't remember what I had for dinner last night. I remember what happened reserve grade 1987." You know what I mean? He, he gets that. He gets that right? He gets that analyst. He'll go, "Mate." There was a play that was put on Benji Marshall when he was at the Tigers. I think it was early 2000s. He did this play. It was on the left-hand side of the field. I'm pretty sure it was at the Sydney Football Stadium. So it was against either South or Roosters. Um, it was definitely in the second half. Um, can you go and find it for us? <clears throat> and I'm, I'm sitting at the desk going, mate, this is like a lunatic. You know what I mean? Um, but lo and behold, our analyst, go, our analyst goes and finds it. And there it is. There's Benji Marshall move that he's been talking about. And I told you so. So I'm just preluding the, the you and Aiken story with, you know, how Brownie's brain thinks. So we had a conversation. He goes, mate, do you remember? He goes, mate, you know what I think, you know, you and it? I said, what? He goes, it's Brent Kite. I said, what do you mean, Brent Kite? He goes, mate, Brent Kite, you know, he was a back rower, went center, that kind of thing. But they, and, and I can't remember who told him. I can't remember. But somebody said, mate, move him in. You know, you've got to move him into the, into the front row. And they moved him in the front row, obviously. He went on and he played for New South Wales, played for Australia. I don't know how many tests he played, but he played a lot. And he had number eight or number 10 on his back. He said, mate, I think you and our, our, our Brent Kite, I think he's a back rower. I think he's an yeah. edge back rower. He's got attributes for it. Yeah. I said, mate, I'm not going to argue with you. I said, but if it doesn't work, yes, I'm definitely going to say that's a stupid <laughs> idea. But if it does work, mate, I'm going to make sure I tell everyone that it was my idea. So I, I, I said I'd tell everyone it's my idea, but it's not, it was Brownie's idea. And and knew he went in there and, and did a great job for us, you know. So um, he, he may play in the sentence because, you know, we've got, we've got Jesse Arthurs that's come for a year, but we're, we're most probably slightly light on in terms of experience um, in the sense, you know, we've got Billy that we've spoken about, Rocco that we've spoken about, um, you know, but I think Yui going forward because of the mobility and the way the game is and the, the speed of the game now, um, if you can have guys in the back row that are mobile and that can defend well, and Yui was always a very good defender, um, you, you're going to be an advantage. So um, it's so funny also at training, like a, uh, you know, I'm splitting the teams up or telling people, you know, uh, boys, you know, edges are over there, backs, you're over there doing catching, falls, you're doing this. No word of a lie. Yui comes to me every single time. I'm going with the backs. I said, no, mate, you're going with the forward. You're going with the forward. Stay with the forward. Yeah. And, and no word of a lie. He asked me every single day that I stood him up, but he still wants to go to the backs. And then, and, and Stacey Jones the other day made a great joke. Well, um, we're talking about some player doing a presentation or some video, and he goes, mate, Ewan, as a former centre, and the whole room just cracked up because everyone <laughs> you wants to get, I'm not a former centre, I'm a centre that's playing in the back row. And you go, no, mate, you're a former centre, now you're a back rower. So <laughs> if, if, 
if the whole if the Hall of Fame halfback Stacey Jones says you're a former centre, you're a former centre. So let's put him oh, down in the back rower. He's a back rower from now on going on, eh? I love yeah. it, mate. I saw that uh, Dallin. Dallin's moved to centre. Is that kind of you know you just spoke about kind of that experience out wide? I haven't played. I haven't seen him play centre. What can you tell us a little about his centre game? Yeah. He, he, he mostly won't play a huge amount there. You know, he's um, you know, he, he most probably will play majority of the time on the wing. You know, he might spend a little bit of time there, um, but more likely than not, you know, he'll be on the wing. You know, he can play fullback for us, which you know, obviously Reese not been there for the first uh, couple of weeks. Um, we need to find ourselves a centre. You know, Chanel could play there, yeah. um, but um, you know, he, he might he might spend some time there. But I, I'd say we're we're pretty hell bent on Dow. You know, he, we see him as a winger and a winger only. You know, so um, that's that's where he'll find his find his position. He might fill in in the centres or or certainly at, at fullback, but we'd have to be um, you know in a situation where you know it, it was the only only choice available. If you know what I mean, I think to give Dal the best chance moving forward. You know, we've got to we've got to lock him in with his centre so they can build some combos. You know, it's important yeah, yeah. to build combinations. You know, and whoever his centre partner is going to be, uh, we need to get them to build some combos at training, but also in the couple of games that we've got. Yeah, yeah, mate. Ellie Cattell yeah. is the next guy I want to talk to you about. 2020, one of the rookies of the year. 2021, a little bit up and down. I Brownie they wanted to put him into reserve grade again. He's a lot, lot like Roppo Berry. They don't have a huge rugby league background, so they've still got a lot of development in them. But excited to see him back in the starting lineup for tomorrow. What can you tell us about his next stage for development? Yeah, yeah. Ellie, um, again... Lovely kid, you know, a really nice, polite human being. Um, great kid to have at the club, um, and I've seen him really work hard over the past three or four months. Um, yeah, you're right. His rookie season, you know, jumped into first grade. Um, you know, and 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 probably last year was a little bit inconsistent with his performance. Yep. You know, and and I know that I know he and I have had some really robust conversations um, over the last twelve months, um, and I and and I. I spoke to him the other day and said, "Mate, I'm tipping my hat to you. You've had a you've had a great few months. You've been really consistent with your training performance. Um, and again, we've allowed him to just settle in um, on the edge, on the right edge there. Um, he's got lots of reps in there with Sean, um, and he's really, really taken on board. There's two elements of the game, not just attack. You know, there's defence as well. So he's no finished product in that regard just yet, but he's really taken." on board that he's got to work hard on his defence, especially as a four-man defender. It's such an important role in the link between the middles and the edges. A little bit that you need to protect your number seven a little bit. And how you move on the edge um, dictates how people outside you move, you know. So um, he's really he's really taken that responsibility on board. Um, he's certainly part of um, a future leaders group in our, in our, in our club. Um, and he's got a good, strong voice, especially with some of the young boys. Um, so... You know, at the start of the preseason, it was, it was a, it was a, it was going to be a preseason of well, well, it's up to you now. You need to really take take it on board and train hard. And he has. You know, I've been really impressed that he's uh, he's taken on those robust conversations that that I've had with him, and I know Brownie's had some with him as well um, at the back end of last year and during last year. And and they're never comfortable. They're never comfortable conversations having you know talks like that with players, but. Um, he, he's taken them on board, walked away, um, got himself in, got himself in, in really good um, shape physically, and you know, and has really tried to increase his rugby like IQ around defence. You know, so um, 
we're hopeful that um, you know he continues to make some progression. Yeah, mate. Like last the last three seasons, I've noticed the attacking fortunes of someone at the Cronulla Sharks. You know, Britton Nakora. We talk about that right edge, and you spoke about Sean Johnson. Mate, if I could pick, there's two spots I would pick in the NRL if I got to play. One outside Sean Johnson and one outside Cody Walker. So I think he's in for a pretty good yeah. season. <laughs> it was funny. I know uh, Brownie said, mate, you know, you know, who, who do you think we uh, we should play uh, you know, on Sean's side? You know? I said, well, mate, you might be best asking some of the players, you know. And Brownie's a very player pro type of coach too. He loves getting input of players and and uh, I said, mate, ask the back rowers, you know. And, uh, and, and, and and the typical answer from most players would be, oh, yeah, mate, um, yeah, I don't mind. As long as I'm in the team somewhere, I'll do, you know, whatever. And and, and, and Ellie, to his credit, that's what he said, mate. Um, mate, as long as I'm in the team, I don't really care if I play left or right, but um, I'd love to play on Sean's side. Wow. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, uh, so mate, he's no, he's no idiot, is he? You know what I mean? He's the same. So, mate, I want to get a good combination with him. He's a high-quality player and... You know, I'd love to be able to, to, to play on his side of the field. And, and that sort of, you know, that preluded the conversation. Well, if that's the case, you're going to have to really concentrate on defence because, you know, um, there's going to be plenty of traffic coming your way. Um, and, you know, if you want to have the offensive side of the game, you're going to have to have the defensive side of the game as well. So, um, yeah, so you're right. I, I don't think there'd be two better halves in the NRL to play outside of. I think you'd, I think you might even be on the try scoring leaders list <laughs> if you played outside of either, either <laughs> those two. You know what I mean? You sure, know? absolutely, yeah. mate. Yeah. Mate, just speaking yeah. on Sean Johnson, you know, obviously he's the fresh prince of, of Auckland. So can we just talk about the impact of a player, especially now with all the experience that he's gained coming over to Cronulla and playing for New Zealand, everything. He's done pretty much done everything in the game. What's the impact of Sean on the team? Um, he's had a, a great impact um, in the short time that he's been here. I, I coached Sean back in 2016 when he was at the Warriors as well before he left. Um, super talented, um, you know, great player. Um, and I think going away, um, you know, to another club and experiencing something different, you know, he, he's gained some valuable experiences, um, some great level of maturity. He's come back with a great level of maturity. Yep. Um, and he's really bought into what we're about. He challenges us the coaches, you know, about about how we're doing things and why we're doing things, um, you know, and again, I, I was driving home from work the other day and, and he rang me and said, more because I want, I want to have a chat to you about some defensive stuff and I nearly crashed the car. I don't think I've ever had a half-baked <laughs> ring me and want to talk about defence, do you know what especially I mean? S- so, especially SJ, mate, that's that's a great sign. Exactly right, exactly right, I mean, because I coached defence back in 20, 2016 as well and, and and um, I've learned plenty in those five years in terms of, you know, halves and how we should deal with, you know, teaching halves and you know, how much contact we do with them and, you know, and so forth and why they're in the team. And so I know I've matured as a coach in that period of time too, but I would say that it was difficult in 2016 to try and get Sean to buy in consistently about the Because he'd buy into it. I'm not saying he wouldn't buy into it, but to buy into it consistently. But we spoke the other day for half an hour about the fence, you know, and, you know, if you if for your halfback to 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 call the defensive coach and say, "Mate, I want to talk about some stuff," and uh, and I just think that's a a great indicator of how you know much he's invested in this team and how much he's invested in in coming here and wanting to be successful. Yeah, um, big time. And you know, and that's and that's a great thing. You know, I mean, we all know that the preseason is difficult. It's, pre- it's difficult for the wrestling element as well. You know what I mean? Because you do lots of contact. You do lots of you know, sweating in the hot summer afternoons and every club's the same. They're no different to anyone else. The, the, the programs are very similar across all the 16 teams. So, 
but he's he's bounced into every single one of those you know those indoor you know contact sessions that we've been doing, and um, you know it's it's really been an energy that's flown or flowed from from him to to everyone else in the group. So um, yeah, if he can stay healthy, um, stay on the field, we can get him some go forward in the middle of the field. He'll naturally do his his stuff offensively. But he's also helped helped us defensively because he trains against us. Yeah, you know he trains against right. us, and you know if you can defend Cody Walker and you can defend Sean Johnson and you know Luke Keery and those guys are training and Cooper Cronk in his day, um, you, you're gonna you're gonna put yourself in in really good shape to be able to do a good job on the weekend as well. So um, that that's the advantage of having him at the club um, as well. And like I said, I love the fact that he challenges us coaches yeah. about how we're doing things and. And so forth, you know. Um, and you know, I, I couldn't be happy with him at the moment. Yeah, really, really happy with him. I love to hear that, mate. Just sticking with Sean, given that you know he's had a lot of hamstring, a few quad issues, and things like that. You know, over the last three years, his goal kicking percentage is actually quite high. Is that something that he's interested in doing, or is he going to leave it to a? Because Reese Walsh hit him quite well last last year as well. Yeah, so we've got we've got Reese, we've got. Um, We've got Sean there. Um, there's a few other kickers. I know Adam Pompey, if he's in the team, he does a bit of kicking as well. Yeah. Um, you know, so we've got a, we've got a few of the goal kickers. I, I'm not sure Sean. Um, he's been doing some practice. He's, he's definitely been doing some practice. Chucky Halligan um, been coming oh, nice. uh, most weeks and doing <laughs> some work with him. Um, and he's a, he's the greatest of all time. If he not is. the greatest, he's way up there with him and has him, you know what I mean? You know, two outstanding goal kickers. And, and young Nathan Cleary, Nathan Cleary's most probably going to join them over time. You know, his old man wasn't a bad goal kicker in his, in his day either, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, Chucky's been coming out and, and helping Sean and, um, and Reese, um, with their, with their goal kicking. So again, that, that kind of thing, I think Brownie and, and us, the coaches, we just like to leave it up to them. You know, we just leave it up to them. But if you if you want the job, you need to practice yep. and you need to practice consistently. Yep. Um, it's not a matter of, oh, yeah, I want to do it this week. I don't want to do it next week. It's a matter of, okay, well, you guys sort out who wants to do it and get it done and practice consistently at it. If you practice consistently at it, we're happy for you to take that job on, on the weekend. Nice. Now, mate, Jazz Tavaga, he's, he had a massive All-Stars. Like, people, he was under the radar because there was five melees, and he didn't get involved in one of them. Like, did he take an anger management course or something? Like, that was so unusual. I couldn't believe it. Mate, but I his stats were off the I absolute charts, bud. Yeah, I, I, I just think that, you know what I said to him? I said, mate, you know what it is? You've pretended to be a tough guy all these years, but those guys out there were actual proper tough guys, and you decided not to get anywhere near it. That's what it was. And, uh, no, nah, no, nah, he's, he's, he's a tough kid, Jazz. Um, but, yeah, again, and the guy that's worked really hard, he's, he's stripped a lot of weight, a lot of bad weight um, off his body, um, and that's allowed him to get his um, steps up. Uh, he's, he's stacked up, I should say, not his steps. Um, get his stats up nice and high in that game. Um and if he wants to play 13 and a little bit of nine, yep. he's going to have to play big minutes and he's going to have to be clean. You know, you can't have players now that that are untidy and ill-disciplined, et cetera. You need to have players that that are, you know, that, that are those tidy up type of players, you know, and, and Jazz needs to fit that role. So um, I, I think if he can, you know, stay healthy, he can play that role of 13 and, and a little bit of hooker for us, you know, um, depending on who gets the... The number six jersey, you know, that might be might be Cody might play that little bit of a role as well, you know. But Cody's obviously a, a five eight that might play five eight, so it, it'll just depend. We've got a few options there, but Jazz, um, 
wouldn't say he was given an ultimatum, but I know Brownie had real strong words with him saying, mate, you need to get yourself in really good shape. Um, we need you to be disciplined. And to Jazz's credit, he's gone away and he's done that. You know, and to, to, to Brownie's, you know, he's always true to his word. You know, he said, righto, fair enough, you've done that. Righto, you're going to get a crack at it. You know, so I'm not sure what he's weighing, but he's, he's the lightest that he's ever been playing in the NRL. And, you know, with that, that's going to allow him to move around the field a bit better and, and get his stats up nice and high and, and do that tidy up stuff for us that we need him to do. Beautiful. Now, last guy I want to talk to you about, Justin, is Josh Curran. And I don't know if I've left the best till last, but, mate, his emergence last year, the headgear man, he's just he's just a worker. He's got so much skill, that late footwork, mate. Like, how did you find this guy and where did he come from? Yeah, so um, his background is uh, played lower sort of grades at uh, the Roosters. Um, and then sort of came over to us, you know, um, a couple of years ago. Um, super instinctive, you know. He's just he's just a natural footballer. You know, we talked about Ash Taylor before, um, and and you often see, you know, with a lot of the guys, you know, with different background, that they're just natural. You know, I mean, you look, we talked about Cody Walker a couple of times already. You know, he's just gifted. You talk about Laurie Daly, you know, back in back in the day. You know, um, you know, Ash Taylor, we spoke about Johnny Simon. You know, those guys with that, that background, you can't coach that. You know, you just you just, you just, you just take your hat off and you go, wow. You know, he picks up balls that train off his, off, his, off his ankles and things like that. Another player that's really applied himself to get physically in shape. Yep. You know, he's really got himself in really good shape. You know, um, he's worked really hard in the gym. You know, and again... You know, it's fair to say it's mostly wasn't his favourite place on earth to, to go and work, <laughs> but he's, he's done that. You know, he's done that. Um, he's, 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 put, he's put the work in in the gym. Um, he's changed his body composition into a real positive one. Certainly not the finished product yet, but, um, you know, again, he, he'll just he'll find space. You know, he'll find, he'll find holes to run into. Um, we've been practising him both on the edge and, um, in the middle, you know, he can play that thirteen role. Yep. You know that, that we're talking about that tour who Mushroom will play for us when he comes back. You know, and you know, in short passing, um, tidying up defensively. That we saw last year how he hit, hit holes on the edge and and scored some tries. You know, so um, you know he's only just re-signed with the club. So we obviously you know shown some real good faith in him that we feel as though he's going to be a, the future for us. Um, and and we're super proud that he that he that he went and played in the Indigenous. It was really, yeah, um, brilliant. you know, a, a big a big thing for him. I know he sort of was part of it last year, but I think this year he really felt like he deserved to be there based on, you know, based on what he did on the footy field. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, absolutely. Is so he, is he okay with his HIA as well, Josh? Yeah, he's all good. He's, he's passed all the the protocols early in the week, um, but because of the new rules, because we play within seven days. Yeah. Um, he would have need to get a specialist um, clearance to yeah. not not worth it for a trial, and and he's in he's in really good shape. You know, he's, he he hit some really good numbers with our fitness components in the preseason. Um, so you know he, he's way up there in terms of you know condition wise. He's in he's in the top bracket of our players. You know he's up there with Wade Egan and and those kind of guys. You know so yeah, um, hopefully a great season for Josh. You know he's a he's a lovely kid too. You know, he's a, a real nice human being um, and it's always good to see nice human beings get success you know so um, you know I know Brownie's a huge fan of his um, 
he loves those guys that are that, that are natural footballers. Yeah. Um. Yeah. He played with a number of them himself. You know, back back in his day. So, yeah. You know, he spotted something in Josh a couple of years ago and said, "Mate, we need to persevere with this kid. You know, he 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 could be something good. You know, he's a really good low tackler as well. You know, what I mean, you yeah. see how the low tackles come back into the game recently. I you love know, it. and uh, that's the nineties, mate. Yeah. So do I. Yeah, I love it too. I love it. We just need to bring the shoulder pads back and the big and the big torpedoes. Yeah, and then we'll be full nineties, eh? We'll and, full and, 90s. and Brett Kenny Hill and like those things that you put under your eyes. Well, did you used to put those things under your eyes? The black things. Oh, the black, the boot polish stuff for the yeah, reflection. Yeah, 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 yeah. I used to put on my eyes in the in the daylight just just because <laughs> I wanted to do it. I tell you the other thing that I did when I was a kid. Do you remember the Panasonic Cup? You know, they used to play the Panasonic Cup was on a Wednesday night at Leichhardt every yeah, yeah. Wednesday night at Leichhardt Oval. You know, it used to be the Amco Cup in the in the old days. And they used to play with a push like brown and white striped football. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. Some people out there might be that. that yeah, I know what he's talking about. Other people say, mate, what's the fuck? Brown footy at home, and I used to put white tape around it so it looked like it was one of those footies from, Mate, from the Panasonic they should, Cup. They should bring you know it back I mean? for retro round. That's what they should do. Oh, how good! Well, I think they, I think they, um, they brought some of those retro round footies back. The white with the brown, the brown uh, ends on them, the brown yeah, yeah. tip. So it was, a, it was a, it was a sort of evolution of that of that ball. Do you know what I mean? With the brown tip on the end. So, mate, it'd be outstanding. Imagine they brought back the big baggy cotton jerseys. <laughs> Three quarter sleeve with the with the white torpedoes that Chucky Heron from from the Dragons wore back in the nineties and the big shoulder pads and and the old school um Who was the who was oh. the guy? Ronnie Gibbs. Remember the remember, yeah. the, remember that headgear that Ronnie Gibbs used to wear? Mate, me and you would love it, but these young kids now are the millennials. Mate, they want to show off their biceps and their legs, mate. They they'll have a heart attack if we put put it mate, they'll get tied down with those cotton mate, you remember when you used to play in the wet? You must have weighed another oh. 70 kilos. Yeah, exactly. Mate, it was shocking, those jerseys. Oh, mate, it was shocking. But, yeah, I mean, they, they, they won't want to do that. Mate, the thing is, some of the players these days, you know, like, you know, you, you talk about, they don't even know. I, I, I can't remember who it said the other day. Um, it was a little while ago now. It might have been last year. So somebody didn't know that Stacey Jones played. Oh, my. I said, mate, are you serious? Walk him out. Are you Walk serious? him out. <laughs> Said you're gone. I can't remember who it was. I can't remember who it was. It might have been last year or the year before. I said, you know this bloke played? He goes, what? I said, mate, he's the greatest player New Zealand's ever produced. You know what I mean? You know? So if they've got no hope of knowing about whether or not he played, they're not going to know. They're not going to know about Chucky Heron with the uh, exactly. with the torpedoes, aren't they? I think that's the you biggest know? thing, right? The today's game, especially with American sport becoming so big. Like, rugby league for a lot of these kids isn't the number one sport. So it's not like when me and you grew up where we idolised everyone. Like, Cliffy Lyons, I didn't even go for Manly. I thought he was an absolute god. Like, it's just like, yeah. it's just a different... They don't know the history, and I think that's a big part that's missing. And I'm sure that given what you're saying right now, it's probably something that you've got in your, your mind to fill them in a little bit. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I mean, there's nothing wrong with watching NBA or NFL and those kind of things, but that's their chosen sport. They would prefer to watch the NBA or... Or that. Whereas, if I'm flicking through the channels and there's a game on from the 1970s or 80s or oh, 90s or whatever, I'm, I'm loving, I'm loving watching those. And, and you're right. That's that's how we grew up. We grew up like that. I mean, there was a number of players. I mean, you know, Olsen Filipino, rest his yeah, soul, rest only his, died the yeah. other day. Um, was a was a hero of mine. He came and presented uh, me with my trophies when I was in the under nine, and stayed for the whole day, and you know, had a barbecue with the parents and had a couple of beers, and then. 
the following year, came back again and did it again off his own bat, didn't even have to ask him. And so he was like a hero of mine. And, I and you know, I think he might have been playing for maybe Balmain or someone at the time. He was a hero of mine. And I got to tell him that story that he was a hero of mine about three years ago when I met him again, not for the first time, but the first time I met him as an adult, got to tell him, mate, you know, you had a massive influence on me. I love you as a player, you know, even, you know, because you had this impact on me. You came and presented me these, these trophies. And, and like, whether it was Cliffy Lyons or whoever, there's players out there that, you know, that, that you love. Like, I didn't go for Manly, but Ian Roberts was a hero of mine. Oh, I love the way Ian Roberts played the game, you know. I love the way absolute he played the game. Legends. He sort of revolutionised. Revolutionised the way the back row sort of guys, you know. He was one of the first. Him and Johnny Cartwright were the first ones to sort of, you know, bring in that, that I remember, Mate, that brought in that sort of I'm glad. Offload, you, I'm glad you, know? you mentioned him. Like, for, my, for the podcast, I did a long podcast with him, and he, he came over my house. He was the nicest fella in the world. We sat down for 90 minutes. One of the best interviews yeah. I've ever done, and just like connecting with this guy, like he's one of the yeah. most genuine human beings you'll ever meet in your life. Like, yeah, oh, that's great to hear. You know, I I haven't got to meet him sort of post post uh, footy playing time, but you know, guys like that, you know, and and there be there be dozens and dozens of out players out there that have had that kind of influence on different players and 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 supporters. Yeah, you know, like you absolutely. know, you, you're talking about. You know the the impact that that people have, have had on you because you watch the game and and that's great you know and and but you know today's generation is just different you know it's, there's nothing right or wrong about the way it was or the way it is now it, it is just different and I know I have to coach different now than what I had to coach ten years ago because the generation now require different things from me they often yeah. want instant feedback they want. They want, um, you know, the way you deliver the message is a little bit different and, and so forth. And it's not, like I said, it's not a matter of right or wrong. It's just adapting to, you know, to, to you know, different, I suppose, um, you know, age groups, you know, and, and the yeah. way people are brought up, you know, it's just different. But give me the 90s any, any day. That's what I reckon. Give me the 90s any day. Oh, I love it. I love it, mate. What a great way to finish. Justin, enjoy the time in Melbourne, mate. You've got family down there. And also, mate, best of luck for the season. I'm really, like I said, I don't even go for the Warriors. I'm excited for you, blokes. Oh, good man, mate. Always good chatting, mate. And uh, can't wait for the season to get here. You know, I hope, hope everyone out there that uh, whatever team they support, they have a, have a good year. And, and let's hope that we don't get any disruptions because of uh, this external stuff. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm as excited as everyone else, you know, start to flick on the TV and I'll be set from Thursday through Sunday now. Um, oh, yeah. No one will be able to call me or ring me. I'll be able to. I've got, <laughs> got plenty to do. Watch plenty of footy. Mate, mate great chatting to you. Mate, go the Warriors. Second team now, Justin, because of you, bud. Good man. Thanks, mate. Love it.